listening to The Potato Podcast, presented by Columbia Media Group. You can listen to past episodes on thepotatopodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. If you enjoy the episode, be sure to give us a like and leave a review. On today's episode, Dave joins Nora Olson by phone. They discuss the top 10 production tips that Olson and Mike Thornton wrote to help growers and others in the industry. This episode is sponsored by Syngenta Elatus. Protect the perimeter of your potato crop with Elatus fungicide from Syngenta. When applied in furrow at planting, Elatus controls rhizoctonia and suppresses verticillium wilt, giving your potatoes long-lasting protection during early development. Talk to your local Syngenta retailer about Elatus. Always read and follow label instructions. Please check with your local extension service to ensure registration status. Syngenta supports a FIFRA 2 E recommendation for suppression of verticillium wilt on potatoes in certain states. Hello listeners, uh, this is Dave Alexander, and thank you for joining the Potato Podcast today. Today we are going over some top 10 tips for production practices. These tips were developed as a quality initiative by the Idaho Potato Commission by Nora Olson and Mike Thornton, both with uh, the University of Idaho. Today we have on the phone Nora Olson, and she's going to kind of clarify these, and we're going to go over all 10 tips. Thank you for joining us today, Nora. Thank you, Dave. Uh, So let's dive right in. The first tip today is find suitable fields Um, and that to me is might be one of the more difficult things for a grower to do but explain what you mean by find suitable fields yeah thanks Dave you know so the top 10 that we're going to talk about today really relates to how do we make some decisions along the whole production practice to try to maintain or increase quality of potatoes and to minimize primarily what we're targeting is bruise and bruise meaning that we're going to address both shatter and cuts black spot bruise as well as pressure bruise and so the first thing you can you need to do is to find a suitable field or fields and yes dave that is a difficult one because either you own the ground you lease it what kind of rotation you are in and maybe it's not necessarily that you have, you're finding the ideal field, but you at least know the risks that you have if it's suboptimal. And so what we're looking for is that rotation um, that will reduce and minimize clods, the type of soil structure, and also rocks. And anytime you have a, you know, a higher level of rock in those fields, you have the potential that those rocks and those clods and all those other kind of larger items that you're not wanting to have in there could come in contact with your potatoes and then that could potentially cause more of a um, a, a bruise upon harvest. Okay, so coming in contact um, uh, during harvest time on um, the conveyor. So that yeah. could uh, so that could mean um, coming in contact on the conveyor belt to, if you have excessive clods and rocks, you develop more bruising. Absolutely. So one of the essential responsibilities when you start moving potatoes out of your field at harvest is to separate potatoes from the remaining material from the field, which would be dirt, clods, for material, 
rocks, anything like that, because we're just wanting to put potatoes away solely into the storage or deliver those potatoes to our our market. And so, yes, that is an, a huge responsibility to make that separation. So the more that you have in there that can take that could come in contact with your potatoes and then cause some sort of force and some sort of impact is not desirable when you're trying to minimize bruise. Okay, so keep it clean. The um... Keep it clean, yep, exactly. And then also, you know, realize is that, hey, if there are risks of a field that has higher clod potential or higher rock potential, is that then you're going to potentially want more, you're going to maybe change some operation in terms of how you're going to harvest that. And then also, too, you may have more people on the line picking rocks out and things like that as well. Okay, that's a good tip. Um, All right, so let's move to tip number two, which is fertilize properly. Yeah, exactly. And so, you know, we're already at the end of the st- at the end of the growing season. So this isn't necessarily one that we can go back and change in time. But this is always an important concept to keep in mind: is that fertility and your program that you have in place can impact maturity of your potatoes, and maturity can impact then the susceptibility that potato has to either bruising and skinning. And so you have insufficient fertility, especially when it comes to nitrogen, is that you have the potential that your potatoes will, will die off early in the, in the season. Um, then they're sitting under dead vines. They may dehydrate and all the other consequences that can come from being in the soil at that time um, prior to harvest that may make them then the quality reduction. On the other hand is if you have excess nitrogen or excess fertility, um, inputs is you have the potential of, of delaying maturity and so they're really more immature when you want to harvest that can really impact your skin set and so you have a greater potential for skinning and all the other consequences that come from maybe potentially bruise susceptibility so it's a uh, maintaining a, a balanced program for fertilizer and it's not easy the easiest thing to do but it's uh, the best for bruising that is correct, yes. And the balance, this will be specific to variety. It will be specific to location and what you're needing to do with those potatoes. Okay, all right. Thank you for that. Let's uh, go to number three, and that is to manage moisture. Yeah, so managing mo- moisture has almost two responsibilities there. One is the hydration of the potato and maintaining hydration through vine kill as well as through then um, harvest. And so we're wanting to not dehydrate those potatoes too much because if they, re- if they are um, dehydrated, you can increase the susceptibility to black spot bruise. On the other hand, you don't want to keep them too hydrated um, because there's some issues there with either potential for increase in shatter bruise, but also what if you have, then you have a greater increase potentially of lenticels opening up, uh, maybe some other diseases, things like that come in late season like that. So again, it's another balance. But the other thing that we're trying to do with moisture late season like this is to really kind of condition the soil to make it appropriate for when you need to harvest. That meaning that that soil will will separate easily from the potatoes when we start moving up that primary chain, but also to use it as a cushion uh, for those potatoes 
when you first bring them out of the field as well. And so we're needing to make sure we're not having those clods, and that really is the, the ideal moisture conditions. This is always a difficult one because you're playing with Mother Nature and you don't know if you're going to have some sort of rainfall or some other thing that happens during this time. But again, a balance, Dave. Right. Okay, uh, number four, monitor tuber temperature. Okay, so this is a really important one. Again, it almost has a, a several tiers involved in why you're monitoring tuber temperature. And one is, is that the, the general recommendations are to harvest potatoes between the, the, the pulp temperatures of 45 and 65 degrees. And this is to minimize bruise as well as to not to reduce the susceptibility of that potato to additional um, diseases that may occur. You start getting really warm temperatures, you have the potential for pythium leak and some of these other diseases that may um, take down your potatoes pretty rapidly in storage. But that being said, cold temperatures, let's just say 45 degrees, you have the greater potential of having more shatter brews as well as more black spot brews. So within this range, there's a huge um, range within itself on susceptibility for potato to black spot brews and shatter. And so this is really important to look at this temperature range and identify the susceptibility of the potato from your fields as well as variety. And you may need to adjust this range based upon what you're doing. We also understand, though, is that there's a lot of potatoes that get out in a short amount of time. And so sometimes, again, weather is going to dictate how this works. And so understanding the, the risks outside this, this temperature range or even within it is very important. And then you can manage from there. Okay, so you've got a general recommendation of pulp temperatures uh, between 45 and 65 degrees Fahrenheit, but sounds like uh, varieties are going to play into that as well. Absolutely. You may identify a variety that, let's just say, it's more susceptible to black spot bruise. That maybe perhaps you'd only want to be at about, you know, no less than 50 degrees. And again, these are still in the works, but you're going to have to identify it based upon your um, experience, let's just say, with that variety as well. Okay, now um, let's move to number five on the top ten list. And this is one that should be pretty easy for growers to manage, um, and it's simply avoid large drops. Yeah, exactly. So the first, you know, couple comments we've made really deals with a lot of the susceptibility of the potato. How are we altering that susceptibility? So really hydration, um, fertility or maturity, temperature, all those things can make the potato more or less susceptible to an impact. But one of the things that we have the greatest control over, because those other components are kind of hard, the physiological components of the potato, but what we do have control over is health how hard or how fast and how far of a drop do these potatoes experience. And so that at least is something we can, we can really focus on and avoiding those large drops. It is, we have a lot of potatoes moving through our system. We have a lot of equipment and a lot of areas where potatoes can hit something else or drop onto something else. And so 
it is difficult just because it's such a complex, again, system, and trying to get everything to nicely flow like a, like a river stream can be difficult, but just try to avoid those waterfalls. One of the other things that we try to look for is sometimes it's, it's really helpful to have somebody else's eyes on your, on your system because we get weary during, during harvest and just always taking a step back or having somebody there just to constantly look for where are we potentially having a greater impact on these potatoes, and that can go a long ways. Yeah, that's a good tip in the magazine business. We always want to have uh, somebody else read our content before we put it out because we may have missed something, so it's always good to have an outside eye. Absolutely. Sometimes we're all too close to it, and when you, especially when you're tired and you've been doing it for weeks on end, um, it can all get kind of blurry. And so sometimes just altering around some, some fresh eyes is always a good thing. All right. Um, right now we're going to take a short break, and then we will be back with Nora Olson from the University of Idaho. We will be back to this episode in a moment after a quick production pointer with the Spud Doctor. As a bonus for listeners, we are doing production pointers with Dr. Kieran Shetty, also known as the Spud Doctor. We have selected a listener question. Thank you for joining us, Dr. Shetty. Today's question is, how do I control late blight in my potatoes? Late blight is an important disease in potatoes and can affect the crop in any region of potato production and any stage of the potato crop. Two things about late blight. You need to have a good understanding of the pathogen itself and the associated symptoms, and then what conditions drive them. Secondly, anticipation and preparedness of the late blight problem during the season itself. There are several steps required to ensure good control of late blight problems. One of the many steps is the selecting the appropriate product and time the application in a program. So step one, proper scouting of the farm in high-risk situations. And secondly, look for reports of late blight in the area. If there is positive identification of late blight in the farm or in the area, we have to implement a chemical control program. Check with your extension experts from the university or industry personnel or from the chemical manufacturer itself on what is available. Make sure you follow all label instructions and always stay ahead of this disease. Syngenta has introduced two products. One is called Orondus Opti, and the other one is Orondus Ultra. They have specific fit in the late flight program. Consult with the Syngenta representative on the timing and the application requirements. Also, check with your processor to see if this product is approved for export. I've heard of a new product from Syngenta, Miravis Prime. Why should I use this product? Miravis Prime was introduced by Syngenta recently. It is registered for use on potatoes. Miravis Prime is made up of two active ingredients, adapidin, which is a new SDHI chemistry, and also fludioxinol. The combined 
active ingredients can effectively use against some of the leaf spot diseases like early blight and brown spot. Mirovis prime is also effective against white mold. Mirovis prime can be used in situations where there's a high risk of early blight and or white mold in potato production. When using Mirovis prime, make sure you follow all the label instructions. Also contact your area Syngenta representative for appropriate time to apply and the method to apply. Check with your processors to see if the product is applied for MRO requirements. Well, thank you today for joining us, Dr. Shetty. And now back to the podcast. Okay, we are back from the break, and we are still talking about top 10 production tips. We are right now going to go into tip number six, which is run conveyors at capacity. Basically, you're saying run the equipment wide open? What we're saying is to make sure that potatoes are being with other potatoes, harvesting and conveyed and handled with other potatoes. Because potato, hitting another potato, has less potential for um, bruising than if a potato is hitting a conveyor or a piece of metal or belting or whatever it is. And so, again, you're wanting just kind of this flow of potatoes to go through, primarily because they're cushioning each other and minimizing that, that force or that impact that they can experience. Okay. Uh, that one's pretty simple as well. And let's talk about another one that should be easy to do, and that is number seven, is pad all impact points, which goes along with uh, what you were just talking about with number six. Absolutely. So five, six, and seven is all about how we're minimizing those impact points and to make sure that we are reducing any kind of potential or reducing our risk for bruise, and that is something that we can control. So padding all impact points, you know, one of the best things to do is review all your equipment, look to see where you see things kind of shiny metal, um, other belting or anything like that that's worn down, things like that. You know that potatoes are hitting there, and you know you have the potential then for some sort of padding and replacing it or doing something to avoid that. And so, again, careful eye of looking at all your equipment and seeing where, where some of those impact points can be and try to do your best to minimize that impact on those potatoes. Okay, and actually use some padding in the, the areas that you identify, those shiny areas, do something about them. Absolutely. There's a lot of different types of material out there that you can use. Um, Again, you want to make sure your potatoes are still flowing uh, because you don't want them hung up for some materials might, you know, grab onto them or there's a lot of dirt adherence or anything like that and keeping those kind of clean. But yeah, absolutely. There's a lot of potential for making, again, those potatoes just kind of flow through the system. All right. Good tip. Um, Here's another one. Number eight is pile potatoes in stages. So not going to dump everything all at once, obviously. Uh So talk about that. 
Absolutely. So now we've we've conveyed, harvested and conveyed our potatoes, and hopefully we're doing as good of a job to, to reduce the those drops and, and all of that, and now they're going in, into the storage. And so what we recommend there is to pile them in stages, meaning that you're not going to have all these rollbacks. You're not just piling them in and letting them roll down. Because you can imagine if you watch a potato from the top going rolling down 16 feet or 18 feet to the bottom of the, the pile, there's a lot of potential for hitting a lot of potatoes, and, and a lot of skinning can happen too. And so we really do recommend to go into these, these stages, these tiers, as you would put it, um, for piling the potatoes. And it just simply to, to reduce the rollback and potatoes rolling down the pile. Yes. Okay. Um, number nine is reduce pressure bruise potential. Now, we've been kind of talking about that in general um, with the last point. So clarify this one for us. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, all the other points we've been, but really a lot of this all then relates to the potential you have for pressure bruise going in when when those potatoes are are in storage. And so pressure bruise is a little bit different because it doesn't mean it doesn't mean that an impact occurred out during harvest. It means that that those potatoes lost enough weight in storage that then the pressure of all the potatoes around it is is causing some sort of depression in the potato and then it can cause some blackening underneath therefore being pressure bruise and this one there's a lot of again moving parts and complexity to this because you're bringing in the the physical nature and the physiological uh, parts of the potato the susceptibility of the potato you're bringing it into storage and then you're trying to manage all these potatoes in a huge environment and, and equilibrate your humidity and your temperatures and avoiding a lot of those types of um, um, discrepancies in the areas. And so that is why the recommendations we have is to match your pile height to ventilation design capacity for the storage, maintain high humidity because you're trying to reduce that weight loss at all time, and avoid large delta T differentials within the pile. What do you mean by delta T differentials? Delta, oh yeah, okay. So delta T is then causing differences between temperature of the bottom of the pile and the top of the pile. But you can also have differentials even within the pile. Delta T is the one that we measure and and can identify easily in our storages of what is our what airflow we need in our storages and what is kind of happening in our potato environment there in terms of temperatures and um, potential susceptibility to dehydration. So the goal is to maintain temperature from the top of the pile all throughout to the bottom, to the same temperature. You're not wanting the same temperature from the bottom of the pile to the top of the pile. You're wanting some differential and our recommendations, typically, it's going to be a half a degree to about two degree differential. All right. So let's talk about tip number 10, which is the easiest to implement. And <laughs> that is to educate equipment operators. And really, there's no excuse not to do this, right? Yeah. And this really is, is such a critical part because this, again, we have you have control over this 
topic in the constant education and for even putting out bumper stickers onto equipment like a stinger and saying raise the stinger up um, making sure you're reducing those drops explaining to operators on what is the, the purpose of what they're doing, how do you reduce those drops, how do you reduce bruising, how should you run that equipment, and things to look for and constantly adjust for because, again, fields change, weather changes, all these things. It's a moving system, and um, we need to adjust for it with um, education and adjust with, with their operation. You would hate to see is that you do a perfect job of harvesting your potatoes out in the field and really minimizing and there's hardly any bruise, and you bring them in and you're conveying them around and translating them into storage, and then all of a sudden there's only one spot that's dropping and they're hitting, let's just say, bare metal. And you completely undid what you just wanted to, that you've worked so hard to do. And so it's a complete system that you have to look for, and education is a huge one. And um, there's a great opportunity to address this. We have um, videos, and I know that other universities and other resources are out there to show people how to operate windrowers, operate harvesters. We also have a lot of other material, um, articles, things like that that can be helpful. And they're all located at our website which is www.uidaho.edu slash potatoes. All right. Well, very good. We will um, put a link to that website and to the videos on uh, thepotatopodcast.com so you can find that information there along with a uh, printed out top 10 tips, these tips that we've been talking about that you can print out, hang up uh, around your shops and stuff, and that is in English and in Spanish. Um, so today, thank you so much for, for joining us, Nora. We uh, really appreciate your time, and uh, we hope to do this again uh, down the road when you've got some more stuff. All right, thanks, Dave. Appreciate the opportunity. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are for informational purposes only, and solely those of the podcast participants, contributors, and guests. You do not constitute an endorsement by or necessarily represent the views of Columbia Media Group or its affiliates. <laughs>